Tired of the light, then escape into the dark with DJ Evil Dave and Dr. Brandy's sexy voice. It's the Dark Corner Podcast presented by StrangeAndDeadly.com. I'm just as fucked up as they say. I can't fake the daytime. I found an entrance to escape into the dark. Got false lights for the sun. It's an artificial nocturne. It's an outsider's escape for a broken heart. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dark Corner Podcast. Very special episode, we've been looking forward for a while yet. I know I've been planning it for like months now. I'm sorry, I'm like, is someone going to touch someone inappropriately? Is yeah, that it's going to all take place in a bicycle shop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take shirtless pictures downstairs. Ew, gross. <laughs> gross. I'm having bad feelings. It's that episode of Different Strokes where Dudley got abused. Poor Dudley. <laughs> Why Dudley? Why? Such a cutie. That's why. That's why. That's why. Yeah, if there was an ugly kid actor, then probably wouldn't have happened. (laughs) (laughs) We're horrible human beings. You can hear some laughter in the background. That's our special guest. But first, I'm DJ Evil Dave. Of course, that over there is Dr. Brandy Sexy Voice. Hello. We have some friends of ours on here. They are part of our adventuring party for when we play our weekly Dungeons and Dragons games they are also our improv coaches and close friends and that is chris bodley and chelsea maki it's a pleasure to be here thanks for having us hello you are welcome thanks for being forcibly volunteered (laughs) volunteered as it were it's fine i asked nicely no we want to do it we want to be here it's fine Uh, this episode's going to be a big one, so we're going to get away from the usual housekeeping and all our news and reviews and that sort of thing to discuss the classes of Dungeons & Dragons, and we're going to discuss each in turn and then figure out what's the best overall class to play. We're basically ripping off the format of one of our favorite podcasts, which is the We Got This podcast mm-hmm. with Mark and Hal. Mm-hmm. On the Maximum Fun Network, where they debate things that don't necessarily need to be debated. <laughs> like, Should you put ketchup on a hot dog? The answer yeah, is no. That's the very first episode. <laughs> Unless you're five. The best Batman, I think, was one of theirs. Which is yeah. kind of funny, because Mark now does the voice of Batman. Yes. yes. Oh, Small World. And does that automatically make Mark now the best Batman? I don't know. I don't know if he can ever supplant Kevin Conroy. That's Kevin just, Conroy's pretty good. It's just, I don't know. Anyhow, uh, let's get to know our special guests, and we'll start with Chris. Um, what's your D&D experience, gaming experience, that sort of thing? I did a little bit of role-playing, ga- role-playing when I was a kid. Um, my friend Chris Crawford uh, had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Nice. Uh, role-playing games yes. so you would create your own mutants and so you would pick your animal and, and decide how how much you wanted to mutate it and he he also kind of developed a you know we were kids but he developed this role-playing game because he he liked the miniatures so he would buy up the miniatures from D oh, yeah. and so we had this this game that we would play with the miniatures right that uh i don't know 
I don't remember how it functioned, but there was <laughs> dice rolling and things like that. Uh, but, percentages, numbers. <laughs> but uh, until until I started playing again with you guys, it's it's been good 25 years since I, I last played some role-playing games. So. Yeah, it's been about that long because I'm familiar with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> yeah. game. Um, we played a variant of it that took place in kind of a Mad Max kind of world. Yeah, after the bomb. Yeah. Yeah, and it was down in Australia, so you could mutate into, like, the marsupials and yeah, things like that. Yeah, played when I... That was, like, very much like a road warrior kind of thing that took place in Los Angeles, but our dungeon master or game master updated a little bit more, so it was, <laughs> like, further in the future after things had been repaired more, and we played that for years and years and years, so... Yeah, I remember the Palladium system really being on strength. Yeah. Like... Every skill would increase your strength. Like your scores would be 15, 13, 30, 9. It's like, guys, you need to balance your game a little bit more. It's not that important to have your strength. Chelsea, how about you? Gaming, role-playing? Oh, boy. So I've been playing D&D for as long as we've been playing D&D. So about a year and a half. But I've always been kind of like role-playing game adjacent. Like, I always had friends that played D&D and other tabletop games growing up. But then, like, whenever I'd be like, you know, I really want to learn how to play, everyone would be like, well, you need to find a DM. And, like, they'll kind of run the game. And I'm like, well, great. Could you maybe do that and teach me how? And they'd be like, nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, about it. So, like, I was always kind of, like, floating in those kind of, like, nerdy, geeky pools of, like, people where I was like, great. I really like jrpgs like final fantasy 7 was a game i played a lot growing up oh yeah you take those basic components (laughs) of like the 90s rpg and like it's basically just like a DD turn-based you know i make a decision and strategize how i'm gonna fight and then you execute the plan and then you just keep going until it's over (laughs) so you know like i i feel like i've always been around it but it was it was very exciting when you were Dave, when you were, like, saying that you were going to DM a campaign, and I was like, finally. And (laughs) at first I thought I was going to be too busy to do the campaign, and I'm so glad that I was like, no, I'll make time, because it's been just a blast. (laughs) It's been so It's been great, and that's why I picked up the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition games, because you were curious about it, and I wanted to get back into role-playing anyway. Me too. And it gave us an opportunity to do that. Thank you, so Adventure Zone. Yeah. We've really been our interest. Your interest that kind of spurred me on to, to develop the party and figure out what kind of scenario, what kind of world we we're going to play in and the campaign. I, I will say, uh, when I was when I was a kid, my, my mother was uber-Christian, you know, mm-hmm. and she wouldn't let us play with face cards or say the word abracadabra, <laughs> and <laughs> definitely not d d It was like you know, akin to like a Ouija board because supposedly there were some kids that got taken over by the game. And then... Oh, for heaven's sake. <laughs> oh my so... gosh. I had friends that were not allowed to come over to my house when I was a kid because we had a Ouija board in our basement. Ooh. For shame. <laughs> or like we have, like to call it a Ouija board. Yeah, which is really how it should be pronounced. It's, it's, it's no one French will. for yes and it's German for yes. <laughs> I always kind of, I always wanted it. Yes, to, yes board. I always wanted it to be a Luigi board. Oh, just Luigi? have it be Mark. It just jumps a little higher than Mario. (laughs) Get on it, Nintendo. Get on it. 
That's your next best idea and copyright. Chelsea Mackey, 2018. I'll let, him, I'll let him have it for free. <laughs> I'll let him have it. No, no, no. No, do not let them have it for free. It's got that ghost hunting game. Yeah. yeah, the one with, where Luigi goes around vacuuming up ghosts. Yeah. 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 I played that game. Yeah. I absolutely played that game. I did too. I, I played that game. Mm-hmm. And I was much more of an adult when I played it because I'm almost 45. So... <laughs> Now, aside from being like our improv coaches and being uh, players in our D&D campaign, you're both creative in other ways. So you've got Hat Robot and you've got Chelsea Maki Creative. You want to talk about those things? I've been doing illustration professionally for about six years now. And I, you know, I, I go, go to the Comic Cons and I go to art festivals and things like that. Yeah, I, I, I like to draw. I've always liked to draw. And... So uh, that's, yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, you've got a really interesting style. It's And I like the way you've described it before is like you have happy accidents. Like if a mistake happens, you just go with it and it becomes part of the piece. I, I'm, I'm a big believer that like uh, you should just trust the art to be whatever it's going to be. And, and, you know, rather than imposing some kind of philosophy on it or anything like that, just kind of create it and let it uh, speak to people in whichever ways you know people receive it so uh my Very stuff cool. is my stuff is definitely not for everyone right? <laughs> it does uh, have a, a a dark edge to it often and so it'd be so it'd, it'd appeal to, to a lot of our listeners <laughs> um are you still on society six with some yeah, of the stuff um, you can get society six instagram facebook uh, my website it's all hat robot um so if you google hat robot you'll either find hats that are for robots Lots. or you'll find me i have never found a robot hat <laughs> I have never once found a robot hat. <laughs> I haven't really tried that hard. It's just hat robot, you come up. So, it's, all good. it's all good. I am a graphic designer. That's my day job. And um, I'm also creative. I like drawing and, and doing kind of like di- digital illustration work. And I'm also a writer. Uh, Chris and I are actually working on a comic book, which is super fun. Very cool. And so I made my website ChelseaMackieCreative.com because I thought, you know, it can kind of just be a portfolio for all of the little things that I dip my toe in from yes. time to time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's broad enough that no matter what creative product you work on, you know, it's there. So, right, exactly. You know, it's not like Chelsea Maki curtains or something. Curtains. <laughs> so you never Maybe. limit yourself into yeah. yeah. a corner. I didn't, I didn't try and paint myself into a corner or anything. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, and I do I do freelance work. I, I work with a publishing company here in Ogden where we live. Sometimes I do like book covers for them and just, you know, stuff like that. Print print media mostly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And you have a really cool, clean style I like a lot. Thanks. And kind of a, especially when you do like the mod 60s kind of <laughs> thing. Love it. It's very cool stuff. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mark Gagliardi. And I'm Hal Lublin, and we're the hosts of the new podcast, We Got This. Our plan is to provide irrefutable answers to irrelevant arguments. The final say on dumb debates. So don't worry, we got this. No topic is too small and no argument is too petty for us to tackle. You might be asking yourself, who are you two to make these decisions for all of humanity? That's easy. We're actors. So subscribe to We Got This on iTunes so you don't miss a single episode of us telling you what's best for you. Relax, the world. We got this. So yeah, we've got books that you might have already heard us accidentally hitting and knocking around. It's the fifth edition player's handbook. We got two of them here. 
So we're going to group together the classes into four groups of three, discuss each group and pick out a favored. And then when we have one from each of the four groups, we'll pit those against each other and come up with the best overall class to play in the fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. And I think we'll start with the wilderness group. So is there something that appeals to you about like wilderness characters to start off with? And we're talking about the barbarian, the druid, the ranger. Like uh, I know that in Dungeons and Dragons, often your adventures take place in the wilderness, whether <laughs> it's a desert or a coastline or often in a forest or in the underdark, you know, it's places that are uncivilized. And so the characters are geared towards that kind of environment. Brandy, I know you play... It's like, guests should go first, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, of, of our party, you're the most wilderness-oriented one, being part I druid, am. part ranger, because you've done the multi-class thing. I did do the multi-class thing. And I'm glad that I did, because it has given me some things I wouldn't have otherwise had, just going straight ranger. I used to be the one who always wanted to play a barbarian and just smash everything, just be <laughs> chaos like the Hulk. But that is only satisfying for a limited amount of time. <laughs> and when I started playing more video game RPGs, I discovered, especially Skyrim, I discovered, mm. oh, no, 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 stealth is where it is, everybody. Stealth is great. Killing things from a distance is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I killed him and he never even saw me. Yeah. <laughs> love that. And so that, I just thought, you know, and I've never been a magic user before this one, as mm. far as actual tabletop role playing. So I thought, well, I want to be able to use magic and I want to be able to kill things from a distance. So Ranger was the natural fit for yes, me. Yes, that's definitely the blend of those two things. Um, how about you guys? Anything about the wilderness type characters that appeal to you or is it something that doesn't interest you? I, one thing that's interesting to me is that uh, a lot of of how your, your character can kind of blend in depends a lot on, on having a good DM, right? Mm. Um, you know, like if you're just going into fights, you know, you want a button masher barbarian, something <laughs> yep. like that. But, you know, like the, the stories that we've been doing um, have been very narrative oriented and uh, we're kind of going on a journey and, and things like that. And so it's nice to have uh, characters with with a variety of skill sets and different ways to approach different problems and things like that. And so the variety of, of locations and things like that, it's it's nice to, to have... They, they've got a little bit, uh, they've got some more notes to them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's good to have a nicely well-balanced team, and I think we do have that. Mm -hmm. So everybody has their particular set of skills Yes. to go kill people that still or kidnap our daughters. You know, so. <laughs> they will find what? them, and they will kill them. I have so. a daughter? Um, <laughs> when did I have sex? I mean... You know, no, I, no, you're like over 300 years old or no, something? No, I'm 200. Oh, 200. To like 205, <laughs> gosh. I, I think something like a barbarian is appealing in those first levels. Yeah, I you can know, definitely see that. It's easy when everybody's a level one and like the spells that your wizard or your sorcerer has is just basically like sparks coming out of their fingers like glorified finger guns basically yeah, yeah lots of tomaturgy hey <laughs> look at this light but like a, a barbarian gives you some pretty immediate skills that feel like effective but then i think as you level up i don't i don't know like i think there's some definite like patience and reward with other classes whereas yeah. like a 
A barbarian is fairly predictable. You get oh, yeah. stronger and angrier. Like that's <laughs> that's really all that happens to you as you level up. So yeah, let's get into the barbarian. The barbarian is like you say, it's a button masher tank. You put him on the front line. He's there to deal maximum amount of damage. Mm-hmm. He's there to take the maximum amount of damage. Of all the character classes, he gets the most hit points. He gets D twelve per level. And if you have a high constitution, that increases pretty much too. Problem is, you also are limited if you want to use your rage feature, which is the barbarian's major feature, is that they can go into this this rage and deal extra damage and they get additional effects as they level up. That they can wear at most medium armor. Mm. And so you, you have him on the front line wielding damage, but not the best armor class so i think it's a little unbalanced that way and a lot of people who do play barbarians end up getting hurt anyway yeah (laughs) there's not that much customization in it either you're Mm -hmm. you can choose either a berserker or a totem warrior the totem warrior is kind of cool because you can play him as like a native american Mm. or something like that or you know they have a clan of the bear which is an example you could play him like mbaku Yes. Yeah, that'd be an interesting way to do it if you mm. wanted kind of an African slant is to be from like an ape or gorilla tribe or to have a Black Panther-like barbarian character. Wakanda where, forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they embody the, the spirit of their animal. And another thing with the Toto Warrior, they get kind of some spells, but they're like ritual spells that a ranger could do really early on. They yeah. can do much later. Long term, there isn't yeah. a lot of advantage of being a barbarian. Yeah. Barbarian's great if you don't care about the rest of the party. <laughs> yeah, they, they have nothing to support anybody else because like, their speed will increase so they can move faster than everybody else in the party and they can just leave everybody behind. Yeah, bye! Um, they get bonuses to dodge traps later on so they can just go down the dungeon and avoid traps while leaving their party behind. <laughs> you know, it's all very center focused. And if you're a solo kind of player, yeah, that works. But then you have healing issues too. So um, true. some of the combat features aren't that impressive either. Like they have this thing called, uh, I believe it's like a reckless attack. That's it. And as they get early on at second level, you can uh, get advantage to one attack, but all your opponents then have advantage on you. <laughs> So it's like you it, it's way unbalanced and that's very troublesome. Unarmored defense is kind of nice. You get to add your constitution to your armor class. So if you're if you are really tough, that's mm. nice. A lot has to do with the rage, getting additional damage and they can rage additional amounts of time as they go up levels. I think, uh, you know, another question is, like, how how long are you sticking with the same party? How long are you playing the same game? You know, yeah. if you're if you're doing a one-and-done, you know, all-nighter <laughs> with, with some friends, then go ahead and just play. Yeah, that's... We actually did a campaign like that recently, and I did a, I did a barbarian for that reason. Because yeah. I was like, well, we're all just going to be level one for, <laughs> what, five hours? Yeah. So, like, I might as well be somebody that can do something. <laughs> yeah, I might as well have some hit points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> die when a stiff breeze comes by or yeah. something. Hey. <laughs> That's what Grimlock's for. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're doing so much better now. <laughs> well, now that they know that he gains temporary hit points instead of just reclaim yeah. hit points. Yeah. Which is it's really like, cool. Yeah, right now he has 26 temporary hit points, so he's fine. Well, see, that's the thing. Dave takes care of his players. He does. That's right. He does. And he's a great DM. And, <laughs> and, you know, like, uh, it's 
like the longer we play together the more like as a team we we can rely on each other's strengths and and it's nice to have have some diversity and some some nuanced skills and things like that you can tell that we're a bunch of improvisers playing a tabletop (laughs) game because we all just want to be like collaborative and Mm, supportive and like yes and and it's all about the team yeah so yeah. What can we do to benefit you? <laughs> oh, did you have anything else, Dad? No, no, I was just gonna tell an anecdote about a guy that said that, like, in his party, that uh, oh gosh, what was it? Like, one of his party members was like a necromancer, and so like the party member killed his character, and like all of these like horror stories from just like within the party, and mm-hmm. I'm like, our party would never no, do that to that. each other. No, <laughs> you would never be invited back again. Yeah, yeah. we would. We would boot you're you're out of here mm-hmm. barbarian is a great class to play if you want to play an orc because they stack very well oh yeah orcs are very strong they have this extra critical attack thing where i believe they get to add like an extra dice mm-hmm. like an extra die to their to their critical attack rolls and so that adds to what the barbarian already gets as features also if you're interested in Exploring that kind of rage thing, if you want to play something like the Incredible Hulk or Wolverine, where you can explore that berserker side of your personality, you could play somebody kind of nuanced. And if you think of Conan the Barbarian, which is like the archetype barbarian character, mm-hmm. you know, he's not quite as Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> portrays him. I mean, if you look at yeah. the comic book character, he's he's a bit more cunning than that. And he's almost like a rogue in some respects. So, yeah, you can play a nuanced barbarian, but it takes a special player, I think, that can bring that out of their barbarian character. I think otherwise it's just, okay, I want somebody who can hack and slash. (laughs) So that's your barbarian, I believe. Any other things to say? I just suddenly thought of a weird juxtaposition that has nothing to do with barbarians. Take a character that's really suited, or a a race that's really suited to being a barbarian, Uh like an orc. And make him a ranger. Just <laughs> tromping through the forest. <laughs> oh, I failed the stealth roll again. <laughs> well, at least you're still kind of in that wilderness thing. It's when you take like an orc and make him a bard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be awesome, though. I sing I, a song for you. I, I, do, I wrote a poem. But that, that's some that's some really interesting character work, though. It'd be like yep. a challenge to play mm-hmm. that sort of character, but it might actually just be like really fun to <laughs> witness the spectacle of it. I just the backstory of how he got into the bard college anyway it's like were nobody you dared say no were you just found on the doorstep like, like i hey, want to be a bard happen? is there okay. some like affirmative action case that you want <laughs> that's it we, i think we kind of have to do this don't we it's like you know if we turn him away then we're gonna be called racist yeah. Especially if he's like the Bardic College of Lore rather than the one of Valor. So it's like the one that's all about knowledge and and magic and that sort of thing. Me is smart. Um, me play mandolin. <laughs> me play mandolin. <laughs> Clang! Broke. Broke another mandolin. Need bigger mandolin. <laughs> that's a guitar. It's a little piccolo or something. Just tiniest instrument ever. Uh, seeing them writing down their poems with the tiny quill <laughs> and their big hands. I don't, know if, I don't know if the microphones are picking it up, but you can hear just the tiniest cat snores. Oh, adorable. <laughs> Love cat snores. There's, there's one on a chair, one over on the sofa. Uh, yeah, I don't know what he was doing. He was like scooting his butthole across the <laughs> <laughs> 
It's just getting it real clean. <laughs> Cleaning. Yep. Yeah. It's bath time. It's got to yeah. wipe. Because I know that uh, cats love to present their butthole to people. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's almost like a compliment. It's, I know you so well. Look at my butt. So. Okay. Next wilderness character type or class, the druid. Oh, yes. So druids are into old world magic, old world nature magic. So very much about... Uh, affecting plants and animals, speaking with animals. Uh, they get this thing called wild shape where they can transform themselves into a beast of a certain challenge rate- rating, depending on what their level is. And spellcasters, too, in a very similar way that clerics are, in that they can pray to prepare different spells that they always have available to them. So that's pretty cool. Brandy's got, what, two levels of druid now? Yeah, I have two now. So how's your druid experience been for you... Well, I have found that the druid spells have come in handy on more than one occasion. (laughs) Like the end of our first big adventure when we were having to restore the wellspring in that forgotten city. Oh, yes. And there were these gems that had been broken. I had mending! (laughs) Oh, yeah, (laughs) because there's this horrible general that took this hammer and smashed up these sacred stones. And you had the cantrip mending, which is why you became a druid in the first place, because druids had these cantrips. Which I wanted cantrips. Are I zero, didn't care what kind. Yeah, they're zero-level spells, so you can cast them without ever using a spell slot, and they're mm-hmm. really handy to have, because you can cast them as long as you have your spell focus. Yeah. So that and, was... and good berry. We'll never go hungry. We'll yeah, never die good, of starvation. Yeah, good berry. Yeah, uh, cure wounds, just mm-hmm. in case you need to heal when the cleric can't. Yep. So yeah, the, the druid has some... Pretty cool spells if you're a wilderness type person or want to play that kind of character. And even in a city, you can still use things like ensnare and stuff like that, where a root will just come out of the, the <laughs> cement or whatever and grab somebody. So yeah. yeah, it's just, if you're in a city, you're not limited by what you can do yeah. exactly. That drow bitch sure regretted the day that I cast ensnaring strike on her. <laughs> yeah. She didn't have the strength to break free of it. Druid, mm-hmm. you get... Two types as well. There's the uh, circle of land in which it's very much like a cleric's domain. You pick the kind of land that the druid finds sacred and you get extra available spells depending on what it is. Like if you're a forest person, you might get something like uh, bark skin, spider climb, call lightning, plant growth. Say if you were a swamp, you got darkness, or water walk, stinking cloud. So yeah, there's... Specific additional spells you can prepare depending on what land you select. And you get other things too, like your ability to travel across like rough terrain without issue. Then there's the Circle of the Moon, which are kind of your uh, skinwalker types. They, they really focus more on the wild shape. And they get this thing called combat wild shape while they can use a bonus action to change. (laughs) So they change almost automatically into whatever beast. Mm -hmm. And they can go into tougher beasts earlier on in levels. So they get more powerful animals they can turn into sooner. I found it really fun to change into a wolf and go running with my wolf. Yeah, that was a new (laughs) ability because you had just leveled up too. Because being a ranger, you have this animal companion with you and then... With the second level druid, you have a wild shape, and I could see you focusing on just changing into a wolf. And then, of course, that 
provoked a weird conversation about whether I could get pregnant <laughs> from a male wolf while yeah. I was in. And considering right now you could only be a wolf for an hour, it's like, well, it wouldn't take long enough to gestate before you were a human again. So it's like, I don't know how that works. I mean, we worked it out. We, we, we talked it out. We, talked we figured it out. We so, have an answer now. So does that mean pregnant women can't do wild shape because they're lo- they'll lose their babies? I don't I mean, know. It, just... uh, it depends how Greek myth we want to get with it. <laughs> that, that was a, a genuine question I have. It's like, how often in D&D campaigns do women end up pregnant? Like, I mean, it's probably like... DM's choice, yeah. right? Yeah, I could make a random thing and roll each time characters have sex to determine if uh, we're pregnant uh, or not. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, yeah, that's, a... that's what I thought. Like, we should probably start rolling. <laughs> also, there... After those midnight trysts you know, on the ship. Are you using the rhythm method? You know, there's other ways to get around it, so... That doesn't like... work. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's like, our, there's ways to avoid it, but it'd be interesting to tiefling half-elf combination would be an interesting child to have i think the tiefling would definitely come out <laughs> oh definitely that would probably be a dominant trait. There, there'd, be dominant no, trait. there'd be no question about who the father was <laughs> awesome. this one's full elf how did that happen Wait, what? <laughs> it wasn't i'm the only full elf in the party and it wasn't me yeah wild shape is Funny and often the way Wild Shape works, as far as I've seen in campaigns, is that the uh, big scary druid will turn into a tiny little spider to s- sneak under a door or something. So oh, that's gonna happen. I'm so gonna do that. <laughs> the next opportunity I have to turn into something tiny. I mean, I'm not a big imposing wood elf, but you yep. know, still, I'd just be like, oh, I can get in there. It's, it'll be like being Ant Man, guys. <laughs> I could just suddenly shrink and go under the door and then get big again and open the door for you. There's some core things too, like um, eventually druids become like ageless because of their connection to nature. Cool. And, and I'm already thing, an so. elf, so I'm already yeah. aging more slowly than average humans. Uh, are there are there ever drawbacks like uh, certain terrains that? You know, it's, we're talking about druids, so like they draw heavily on their surroundings and things like that. Do they are they at a disadvantage when they're in a non-natural setting? Uh, no, not really. Um, they kind of bring the nature magic with them. I mean, they're not exactly well suited for a city adventure because I think their advantages are really in whatever land they prefer because what's available to them is right there but yeah they could still cast their nature magic in a city or indoors or in the underdark yeah they're not disadvantaged from being away from whatever land they find sacred oh they also if they're circle of the land they get spell recovery the similar way as wizards do so cool. that's pretty cool and that's something even clerics don't have so that kind of gives them an advantage over your your standard priest type Ooh, character oh. which you know through meditation they can reclaim spell slots during a short rest rather than having which, to take a, sh- a long rest in prayer to get more spells yeah and that's like perfect for full elves that only have to meditate instead of sleeping yeah so each time we take a short rest well with uh, Grimlock being a warlock he gets all his spell slots back with a uh, short rest that's just a natural thing that comes with warlocks with you being the second level you get half your level in spell slots recovered in short rest which is awesome so you get one so every time you take a short rest you'd get that cure wounds back 
you know mm-hmm. at least you'd have that if you mm-hmm. needed it so that's druid next i know you're going to be defending this one so the do, do final one it? of the wilderness <laughs> characters is the ranger and we already discussed a little bit about the ranger and ranger is a classic character i mean from early on in the days of D&D, this was one you could play because D&D is very much based on the Lord of the Rings and your ranger is your strider character. And so very popular character for <laughs> for people who are into fantasy. And the way I see a ranger is the fantasy version of your Clint Eastwood type uh, gunslinger character going from town to town and solving problems and then wandering off into the wilderness again. Mm. Very much like a cowboy kind of man with no name sort of character. Kind of, yeah, a little bit like a Ronin too. Brandy, did you want to sing the praises of the ranger? (laughs) (laughs) Where do I start? Where do you start? (laughs) Well, one disadvantage for my character in particular is she's, her charisma is not high. Yeah, you don't really need it for the ranger because, unless you want to be like a leader of some sort. Yeah, and my character is not a leader (laughs) type. She likes to be left the hell alone. But, uh, and she just, and now she accidentally has friends and she's not sure what to do with that. Um, it's like, I like these people. How did that happen? (laughs) And they're not running away from me, even though I'm really mean to them sometimes. I killed babies, y'all. I killed babies and they didn't care. Like, oh, we've all done bad things. (laughs) We all have regrets. You're like, but, but, but. It's like, well, we understand because the people that you killed their babies killed your family, so... You know, yeah. for knife, two for tooth, and we're like, eh, shrug it off. Baby, baby for a baby, it's Yeah, fine. baby for a baby. <laughs> oh, what they did to your brother was kind of mean, so, eh, <laughs> look the other way. Uh, no, I really, I really like the ranger because there's, you know, it's not focused on one big thing. There are a variety of skills that a ranger excels at. And yeah. so instead of, it's like kind of like the polar opposite of the barbarian in that, <laughs> you know, barbarians are only good for smash yep. and smash. smash. And whereas a ranger is the one that's like, okay, now while they're distracted with that guy, I'm going to sneak in over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's got, you know, I'm speaking of my character specifically, but she yep. has a high stealth, but she's also perceptive. Right. And she can also see things that other people especially city folk will miss yeah especially in your favored environments and that's something that rangers get is very early on they get to pick a particular terrain just like a druid that they're familiar with and in that terrain your survival skills are advantaged as well as any kind of nature roles like to figure things out like Mm -hmm. what berries good to eat what's not you know just that sort of thing and tracking too if you're tracking your enemies through your favored terrain yeah also foraging you can forage for food and you get more from that um you can move stealthily at pace so you don't have to slow down and move so yeah and we kind of custom created your background because you weren't satisfied with any of them so we gave you this thing called like a a trailblazer which is like the wilderness version of the city secrets that (laughs) urchins get (laughs) is that in the wilderness you can find quick ways through areas you 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 find paths you're a pathfinder not to steal the name of another game system (laughs) (laughs) or another another probably it's probably another what would you call that it's not a class it's a it's a i don't know archetype (laughs) thank you um i'm sure that there's pathfinders in other gaming systems is what i'm trying to say so yeah we gave you that 
ability, which kind of stacks well with your forest skills. So that's something rangers get. They also get a favored enemy, which um, this is kind of the issue with the ranger in the fifth edition is I don't think it was a well-designed class. And the Unearthed Arcana rules are kind of adjusting for that fact because mm. they took a lot of the bite out of the ranger. And I'm not, I'm not sure why. Because they kind of wanted it to be more like a flavor class. But everybody else gets these really cool abilities in their features. And suddenly favored enemy didn't do any extra damage. I think Unearthed Arcana now says it's a plus two damage Damn, well, better to be. your uh, favored enemies. And so if you want to be against undead or orcs or, in your case, aberrations, and now you've got an extra one, monstrosities. Yes, I like the weird shit. So, <laughs> yeah, and or rather, I don't like the weird shit, apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get your nature rolls. And that makes sense for your character because you're part druid, part ranger, and wood elf. And so all these things are about the natural world. And so anything that is a skew of that, monstrosities are that, aberrations are that. You know, they're kind of a misshapen sort of chaotic version of the natural world. You know, they're unnatural. Yeah, like driders. Yeah, driders like half draw, half spider. That's so a monstrosity. Wrong. And so it's a so favorite wrong. enemy of yours. Yeah, versatility. That's something with the ranger. You, in particular, really took to archery. That's one of the things a ranger can take. It's kind of a cross between a fighter and a druid in a way <laughs> you know you're yeah. kind of walking the line it's like being a multi-class without actually fully ongoing multi-class um like if you wanted to be a defensive fighter you could do that if you wanted to focus on the shield and the use of or the use of armor <laughs> if you wanted to be a two-weapon uh, fighter much like yeah. our our pirate captain over there <laughs> yeah Let's see, i don't need i don't need that, that i so, like killing things from a yeah, distance yeah you focused on stealth and archery and survival and that's perfect for a ranger the rangers come in two types they come in uh the hunter and they come with uh the animal or beast master which is the one you selected that comes yeah. with an animal companion and that's something we had to tweak as well so yeah there's some downsides to ranger in that yeah they did take the bite out of it because yeah the the early Beastmaster features weren't that great. Like, you'd have to sacrifice one of your attacks to have your yeah, animal no, companion do something. That makes mm. no sense. If you can go into wild shape in a bonus yeah. action with a druid, then you should be able to use your freaking bonus action <laughs> mm -hmm. to tell your animal companion, go distract that guy. Yeah, and so we've tweaked that as well just to balance it. So in that respect, Ranger does have kind of a strike against it in that for whatever reason, they had kind of unpowered the character a little bit as it's written, but that's something that they've been ingesting in other roles. And it's something that players have complained about, especially something like the favored enemy. Um, Didn't stop Al. Oh, yeah, we're talking about spells. There's specific spells that are unique to rangers. Uh, they often have to do with archery, like your Hunter's Mark. Mm, I love that one. Yeah, that one's mm. really cool. In fact, it lasts forever at higher levels. Yeah, I've never had to cast it at a higher level because it's never been like, okay, I know I'm going to get in a fight in about four hours, so I'm going to cast this now. I, I think uh, the, the character type lends itself to complexity, which lends itself to the story. Like, when, especially with Al's character, very interesting character, you know, had this, this com complex backstory, and when we were kind of following that story thread, that was one of the most fun, you know, campaigns <laughs> that we went on, is, is, you know, figuring out her backstory and, and kind of uncovering these things that that she was keeping close to the best. So. Yeah, that was very true. It's a very secretive 
a laconic character and it worked for the type because you'd think a ranger like you know a western kind of gunslinger character is going to be very tight-lipped about their past and yeah. to have that revealed to the rest of the party was very interesting yeah that was not <laughs> easy for her no that was that was a tough one that got emotional yeah it's your fault yeah. <sighs> should have warned me i'd be tissue God. <laughs> it's okay it was it was narratively fantastic the spells are pretty limited you have a maximum of a fifth level spell you don't really get many per slot it's kind of a slow go I mean, at 20th level, you'll know a maximum of 11 spells. So That's fine. But you're pairing that up with your ability to use armor and weapons of various types. Uh, yeah, you can use all martial weapons. So all weapons are open to you. You can use medium armor and shield. So you can't use uh, heavy armor, but why would you why would I want in that to? kind of uh, capacity? So and a lot of your skills are geared towards kind of a wilderness existence. I can see investigation is one of your skills, too. So it kind of assumes you're going to be something like a bounty hunter or that kind of character. Um, I'll get my man. So out of the wilderness, what do you think? Barbarian? Druid? Ranger? Who could we eliminate, do you think? Barbarian. Barbarian? Yeah, I think it's safe to say barbarian. Barbarian? Barbarian, you're out. Okay, that leaves did, us... Did oh, you have anything to say about Rangers? Because Dave just kind of skipped you. <laughs> I, did you? <laughs> this is, still could. Do it you was, have anything to say about Druids or Rangers? It was we're, it's already between those said. said. Yeah. Just it, making sure you you're, you're fine. Well, fine. Well, even if, if representations, like we kind of talked about the samurai kind of thing, the gunslinger kind of thing. I mean, yeah. It's very much an adventure type. The Druids, you see less in pop culture unless you're specifically doing certain types of fantasy mm. well you know what i'm gonna say yeah because galadriel kind of almost might be a druid maybe 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 but it's not certain ranger or druid guys what do you think <laughs> you already know my but i think ranger is kind of a, a jack of all trades kind of a um you can kind of take it in, in in more directions a little bit um yeah it's it's probably the funner of the two as more open to campaigns and I, th I like the versatility like you said and something that could work city or wilderness mm -hmm. so the versatility of the ranger yeah i mean a druid is a very specific type of character yep. so you know the druid would, would kind of skew a party a little bit if you played a full-on druid especially mm. if you went the the neutral route where oh. they didn't want to interfere in anything Ugh. it's like why are we even oh. with you if you're not going to ever join whatever we're doing like that one asshole that is now guarding the first wellspring mm. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah there's um, <laughs> that guy vincencio was that his name yeah yeah god he was a dick there's yeah he was the worst talk of druids like playing like hardline true neutral when the battle would shift and the enemy would get you'd start getting advantage over the enemy he'd join their side just to balance things out Ugh. it's like you can't play over. that yeah. get so, druids out of here so ranger makes it out of the wilderness Woo! second category god and country these are your fighters your clerics your paladins it sounds like the name of the next like movie about like i don't know <laughs> about the alt-right yeah, the, alt <laughs> like, you know, like, you know like american sniper or like oh, yeah, any of those right. like you know like patriotic fodder you know and like, one of those that's made by christians for christians yeah <laughs> it's, it's 
That sounds like the title of the next movie. For we we love you, Frederick. We're not slandering Christians. <laughs> just the weird ones. Yep. Just the like super right wing conservative country music soundtrack. Gun toting. Yep. Pro life. <laughs> Funded by the assholes. NRA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> As a join the army it's commercial like ahead of it. Pro life and pro guns. Uh, mm. Can't really do that, guys. Counterintuitive. Well, there's some reason behind that because these are classes that deal with war okay. specifically and mm. just a holy war uh, any kind of other war type engagement as far as alignment are are these typically like lawful good lawful lawful characters in god and country you could play any alignment usually a cleric or paladin will lean towards good though you can have evil priests and there is one called the oath breaker which is an evil paladin Fighters can be anything because they can be mercenaries. Yeah, and they, they sell swords, you know, guns for hire, essentially. That or even gladiators, you know, anybody who you're gonna hire on, you know, even just kind of some brute, some oaf that you just give a few gold pieces to to fight in your party. You know, they don't necessarily have to be any good, neutral, or chaotic or evil alignments or even lawful yeah they could be anything really but typically they tend to lean towards lawful or good especially the paladin i mean that's like the tradition is for your paladins to be lawful good used to be that you'd have to be lawful good to play a paladin but that's something that they've adjusted yeah like captain america used to be lawful good then he had to become chaotic good (laughs) because the law was taken over by evil people so yeah when the law became something that he couldn't obey anymore that then yeah he'd become chaotic good and then i think at in his nomad phase he's like neutral good he doesn't really care about law or freedom it's just doing good yeah <laughs> i guess we can get right into it with the first of this group the cleric Anybody want to talk about priests and clerics and that sort of thing? <laughs> Derek the Cleric. Derek the Cleric, which was unintentional when I first named the character. Uh, and I realized later on, I just named my character Derek the Cleric. Honestly, when I was looking to pick a class, I didn't want to pick a cleric because it just seemed boring to like be like a Catholic priest with magic yep. powers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's like the traditional look at the cleric is like you, the cleric of good. But if you start looking at their divine domains, there's a bunch of them. There's knowledge. There's life, which is what uh, Long Shadows is. Light, nature. So you could play something kind of like a druid, except you're a cleric. A tempest, so storms and stuff. Trickery, if you want a trickster god and be a, worship a trickster god. War, if you want to be, you know, follow a god of war, kind of in a Thor sort of way. Like when our attenders group, uh, our Thorson type character, mm-hmm. you know, he was a cleric of war. Or no, he was a cleric of Tempest, so he'd have these cool lightning type abilities. A cleric can channel divinity, and that'll allow you to do certain things. Usually it's to turn undead, because undead is the natural enemy of the cleric. That no matter what cleric you play, you can turn undead or eventually destroy undead of of like smaller challenge ratings like the druid depending on what domain you pick you get additional spells you can prepare so like looking at trickster the charm person disguise self mirror image pass without trace blink to spell magic dimension door 
polymorph, dominate person, modify memory. <laughs> There's some pretty cool. cool ass spells you can cast, you know, depending on what kind of uh, domain you take. And that really adds color to the campaign as well when you play a cleric because suddenly you infused a god into whatever your adventure doing. Like uh, Longshadow follows the Raven Queen. And so he's this weird border between life and death. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of, is he good? Is he bad? What's going on? Is, is he preserving life or is he, you know, collecting souls for this deity? You know, it's unclear exactly what the intentions of followers of the Raven Queen are. Both are fine. And they're All of those things are fine. And they're kind of spooky <laughs> and some people think they're bad luck. You know, they walk into town and they're all spooky and gothy looking. <laughs> it just, it just, uh, Al finds it interesting. Yeah, it's intriguing. Especially since he's gone paladin and turned all true neutral. <laughs> it's like, does he care about anything other than death? <laughs> he's like obsessed. Yeah. Like that whole little romantic interlude you tried to set up. And uh, he was just like, I, work. I misread the room. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was so funny. I mean, I do like that there are like different choices you can make for yep. the cleric. And that was something I didn't realize starting out was that you could kind of like pledge yep. fidelity to a certain type of god and yeah. reap those benefits. So I, I do like yeah. that they built in that sort of like choice classically you'd be able to pick from two sets of dominions like you could be life and good or you could be light and good and this is more specific where it's a certain type of deity like if you follow some kind of storm god you get the tempest one or war i think it was third edition where you could pick from certain domains and they then lock spells that you could use but most of the cleric spells are for healing and it's for boons to the party it's certainly nice to have a cleric in <laughs> yeah the party. especially with a raven that can just fly to you and touch you and <laughs> yeah. heal you and derek's like a mile away <laughs> and that's something i got from being a paladin is the raven yeah. which is a handy thing one of the best thing is prayer of healing where you get the whole party together and do this 10 minute long spell and everybody heals a certain amount of points so I think it's like two die eight plus my wisdom modifier plus the spell level plus two <laughs> because of being part of the life domain. There's certain bonuses I get to healing. Eventually, every time I heal somebody, I, I regain that level and spell and hit points. Spoiled rotten brown. So, you know, it's like heal somebody seven points, I get three, you know. <laughs> Clerics are pretty cool. They do add some flavor. Uh, there could be some issues with uh, other party members, depending on religion versus, you know, alignment and that sort of thing. Mm. It could be lame for some players to have to play the cleric because often they are just there to support the rest of the team. They can't do <laughs> things on their own. Sure. So it's nice to play as like a, a dungeon master in my case is I can just have him support the team. If mm-hmm. you guys need healing, he's there to do that. And eventually they can uh, even raise dead. There's one called Revivify, which after even up to a minute of somebody being dead, you can revive them without Whoa. issue. So that's pretty cool. I think that gets fifth level spell. Hmm. I've always felt like it should be more interesting to be a cleric than it is. And I think that it has to do more with the game master or the dungeon master, excuse me, mm. and the player. If you have yeah. a good dungeon master... You're going to have a much more interesting time with your cleric than somebody right. who's just like, just stand on the back line and cast healing spells, okay? <laughs> yeah. So. If you look at their features, it's like spell casting, which is very similar to the druids. Channel divinity, ability score improvement, destroy undead. Channel divinity, divine domain feature. It's like the same things over and over again. They really don't get much 
other than that until they get into like their divine intervention area where they can actually call upon their deity to come down and help them. Well, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And it's like a percentage regarding your spell level until I think you get to divine intervention improvement in which they have to do it. <laughs> oh, she's like, oh, oh, Derek's calling. I have to go, guys. I'm but really sorry. <laughs> since I did multi-class, the most I'm going to get if we level off at 20 is 14th level. So I wouldn't get the divine intervention one. But yeah, if I rolled percentile and hit under 10%, <laughs> well, and there's a question. Why does it stop at 20th level? Uh, you can go on beyond that. It's just that the rules for that uh, change. That was something that really annoyed me about Fallout 3. Right. Is that you, it stopped at level 20. And I'm like, what the <laughs> fucking hell is this? Yep. Uh, so this is not D&D. Yeah, personally, I'd love to take our characters to 20th level because it's something I've never done. I've never done it. Um, the problem is keeping things interesting that long because mm-hmm. your challenges are. But then sometimes it's fun just to go through and sweep mm-hmm. a bunch of enemies just to show how powerful your characters are. Yeah. <laughs> so that can be fun too. And then present some kind of challenge like a party of the same level that you have to defeat. In video game RPGs, this happens all the time. You're on your way to a quest, and oh, good God, now here comes a bunch of ghouls. Yeah. So, <laughs> so now I've got to dispatch these guys, and you know, you, you just get delayed on the way, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's still fun because you're like, I am so powerful. That's the sweet thing of Destroy Undead is if that happens, you just call upon your deity and any undead that uh, fails your saving throw is instantly destroyed. Sweet. And that's like within 30 feet or whatever it happens to be. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> just everybody <Whoa>. dies. <laughs> so yeah, yeah um, if you have a lot of undead in your campaign, they're also good against demons and Strangely celestials, too, I think. Dun, dun, dun. So, so yeah, if you Neve ever fight goes angels. wrong. <laughs> yeah. It, it would be fun to play, like, a, just a survival campaign, which, like, hundreds <laughs> upon hundreds of, of undead were coming at undead. you. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like yeah. Left for Dead, when yeah. you're, you accidentally awaken the horde, <laughs> and you're like, okay, batten down the hatches. <laughs> so that's the cleric uh, fighter. Speaking of versatile characters, this is... Pretty much the create wherever you want. It's very open to design whatever you want in a character if you're playing a fighter, except kind of for spellcasting, though there is that option too if you want to become an Eldritch Knight. They have a very limited number of spells open to them. Let's what, get into the fighter. What are, what are the benefits of a fighter over, say, like a ranger? I mean, a fighter, it's the ability to customize your character. There's this thing called ability score improvements, which you can dump more points into your stats. Or if you're using the optional feat system, which our group does, mm. you can pick these skills that affect you know how you play the game, like the alertness thing where you get the plus five to initiative and can't be surprised. Fighters get a ton of them. Let's see. It was one, two, three, four, two, five, six, Seven? I think most people get five, so I think they have two extra Ooh, wow. uh, ability score improvements or feats. And you've already taken advantage of that a bit because you t- took that language thing co- so you could speak to your fairy dragon. Yeah, so I, I started out, my character started out as a fighter. Okay. And that was so I could get the two-weapon fighting 
Um, but you could also like pick something like archery, so you could still have like sort of. Yeah, you could <laughs> be same. a ranger. You could basically yeah. be a ranger, but then mm-hmm. you know, like, and the reason I was debating between a rogue and a a fighter, and I ended up starting out with the fighter. So I could get kind of some of those goodies of, like, Second Wind is really nice. Oh, yeah. And that, that comes in really handy. What, the D10 plus your level, I yeah, think? Yeah, so I can, get, I can get extra hit points. Or um, action Surge is very nice. Action Surge is nice, so I can get an extra attack. And if I have the two weapon fighting, that means that I get, you like, know, three attacks sometimes, mm-hmm. ideally. So, like, there were a lot of advantages of just starting out as a fighter... And then, and then I think Dave was like, oh, you can multi-class. I'm like, great, I'll multi-class rogue yep. so I can get all the things. Yeah, that way you could get all your, your rogue benefits that you wanted, like yeah. the thieves tools and that sort of thing, which you already had from having a criminal background. So you're already kind of walking <laughs> was, that line. I was already mostly a rogue, even yeah, though so I was Okay, a I'm going to have a criminal background, so I get these rogue features, and then I'm going to go fighter. So you did have a kind of a backstory of being like a pirate kind of sellsword type. You weren't necessarily a sailor, but you could do, you know, run defense on ships and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And that is like one of the biggest benefits of the fighter class is that it is that versatile, that I basically built a rogue in a completely different class. But with some additional skills. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The extra tack is nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can wear heavy armor if you wanted. That's something a ranger cannot do. So there's that benefit. Having all martial weapons open for you. Yeah, the fighter comes in three versions. There's the champion, which is the one you chose, Mm -hmm. which has that improved critical, which is a nice thing. So every time you roll a 19, you treat it as a 20. There's the battle master, which is kind of a student of war, kind of a scholar of war. So everything's about maneuvers. And, yeah, and, and you get a certain number of dice that you can roll to add. The, um, Travis in the Adventure Zone, if you're familiar with that podcast, he is a battle master, and you'll hear him use his superiority dice to maybe parry to reduce damage or to maybe do an intimidating attack, something like that. And then there's the Eldritch Knight, which you thought the spell progression on the Ranger was bad. The Eldritch Knight is... <laughs> Very slow. You get you top off at a fourth level spell, and you learn well. Spells down of thirteen. That's not too bad. Cantrips of three. So you know more spells than a ranger. But and you get a couple of well, a handful of uh, cantrips, which is not bad. You're also limited on the kind of spells you can take. Most of them are evocation, which is like fireballs and that sort of thing. Hmm. And I guess some defensive spells like shield. So yeah, fighters. You can any kind of combat-oriented character you can think of. You could design as a fighter, mm-hmm. essentially, especially with the uh, the feat system where you can customize your character to be whatever you really want it to be. I think we know who's coming out of this group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see about Paladin next. Yeah. Paladin is your holy knight. Uh, your knight in shining armor, um, kind of the cross between the fighter and the paladin, or the paladin, the cleric. So yeah, you have the spell-like ability, you know, spell casting, very similar to the cleric, only you maximize at fifth level spells, and the progression is cut in half too. So you don't learn spells as quickly. In fact, you don't. If you start first level as a paladin, you get no spells yeah. at all. It's not until you reach second level that you get your first spell. That's crazy. So actually, you get two first level spell slots at second level. Cool thing about paladins. There's actually quite a few things, is they're good for the party because they have this thing called an aura, 
One of them is the Aura of Protection, which they add their Charisma modifier to everybody's saving throws. Oh. With, as long as they're within 30 feet of them. Nice. So if you have a very charismatic paladin, let's say their Charisma is at a 20, that's a plus 5 to everybody's saving throws, no matter what the saving throws Wow. For. That's crazy. Having a Holy Knight in your party can be very beneficial. Uh, they also have an Aura of Courage they get later on, in which nobody can be frightened. So Sweet. when you mm. come across like a dragon that has that imposing appearance and you have to roll a saving throw, it's like you automatically succeed. Certain undead have that, like mummies I think have that frightening glare. You'd automatically ignore it. Well, what about that one spell? I can't remember what it's called, like Dissonant... Dissonant Whispers? whispers. That makes you afraid? I don't think it'd make you afraid either. Mm. As long as you're within 30 feet of the paladin, you would not be frightened. I think it'd still do psychic damage, but you wouldn't be you wouldn't forced have to, to be run running away. away. Hmm. Run away! Um, extra attack is nice, so they kind of have a thing like a fighter does. Oh, a fighter eventually gets three extra attacks if you go all the way to 20th level. Because mm-hmm. I remember Travis in Adventure Zone would just keep doing attack after and then i'm going to action surge and <laughs> yeah and pretty soon you'd have like five attacks and you're like what which is good because at the beginning they were so low level they started mm-hmm. at level one <laughs> they really really did uh very similar to the cleric they have a thing called the sacred oath which is like choosing a domain they take that at third level which is when long shadow became a raven knight he took the oath of the raven knight and mm-hmm. that offered him certain features like he got this um, summon familiar thing so he has the raven companion now that he can cast spells through also it unlocks additional spells just like the circle of the land does where he can prepare certain spells that aren't available to other clerics like false life is one of them which is cool because he could boost himself or others a certain number of temporary hit points hasn't really oh, needed to use it right but it's it's like actually necrotic <laughs> it's Ew. like death energy oh, that you use oh. to uh to heal a bit like Grimlock. Divine Smite is quite the ability as well, in which you can expend a spell slot to deal additional damage. And that's something Long Shadow has used a lot. Uh, you can maximize that plus 5 die 8 damage, because one spell slot's 2 die 8 extra damage. And then if it's an undead, fiend, or similar, I think maybe even a fey, you get to add another d8. So Yeah, he's borrowing D8s from everybody. Like, yeah, <laughs> I've got like seven D8 in my hand that I'm rolling to attack a mummy or something. Also, ability to sense uh, the undead is pretty cool. That you, you could use a number of times equal to your charisma modifier. The sad thing is uh, Longshadow's charisma is not that high. He's got, he's got a plus two modifier, which is kind of helpful. You know, it could be better. But I didn't anticipate multi-classing early on. It's mm. just something I decided on later. <laughs> so, um, anything else people want to say about paladins, holy knights? They're uh, they're, they're good to have around. Good <laughs> yeah. to have around the party. Yeah. Yeah. When we were doing attenders, I did have a lot of fun playing Captain Armonia. Yep, and that's a paladin straight up. Yeah. It was sometimes frustrating until I started really understanding what her abilities were. Yes. And how to properly use them. And then I became a badass. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, once you understand, especially Divine Smite, is like, okay, I've got all these... Longshadow's multiclassed, so he has more spell slots than he really needs as a paladin. And so you can kind of burn some of those divine smites 
But with the standard paladin, the spell progression is so um, slow that each one of those would be kind of uh, precious. So it's like, do I want to use that or do I want to save it for a healing spell? Out of God and Country, we have the Cleric, the Fighter, the Paladin. This one's going to be tough. (laughs) Paladin's limited on what spells they can cast because they only got up to 5th level. But you do have the bonuses to the rest of the team. You've got the Fighter for its versatility. Create anything you want. Then you have your cleric, which has a ton of spells available. Though it could be kind of boring to play if you're just there to be the support character for the group. And if that's the situation, then you need a new DM. Yeah. (laughs) Or just buy a lot of healing potions and let everybody take care of themselves. (laughs) Yeah, you're on your own. Speaking of the adventure zone, Merle. The <laughs> Dorvan cleric that would never, ever heal anybody. He forgot that he had healing spells. He would cast ridiculous spells like Zone of Truth. And just like... And he was a cleric of nature, so he followed Pan. Cowboy. And so, yeah, he, yeah, Zone of Truth was a favorite. What was that one that he would cast, which was like the Divine Guardian or something oh, like yeah, that? Oh, yeah. That, would just, that like, was Della Reese. Yeah. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Because you can choose what form that, mm-hmm. that divine guardian takes, and he decided it was Delores from Touched by an Angel. And come by and <laughs> fight for him and then leave. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Good times. I oh this was this was a tough choice. Okay. I mean, I think I think we can probably cut Paladin. Okay, Paladin how about you. I I honestly think that it has to be fighter. To, to go out of this round. To, okay, so to you think continue on. fighter will progress? So yeah, um, you're voting down... I'm voting down Paladin and Cleric. Okay. Because I think fighter's versatility outweighs both of the benefits of those other two. Okay, so that's two votes down on Paladin. So I think Paladin's out of there. You coming in for the save, Chris? So Cleric or fighter? <laughs> no, I think... Uh, oh, oh, now we got a... Oh, Cleric so, or fighter? Cleric or fighter... I mean, I enjoy a fighter, but I also understand like the practicality of a of a cleric being right. in the party. So it's like I don't want to be like, great, we have all these very aggressive characters, and then they'll just die <laughs> because nobody bothered <laughs> to be a cleric. Nobody wanted to be a healer. So it's kind of funny that we eliminated the paladin because the paladin's kind of the in between or between those two. So uh, cleric or fighter. I'm You're gonna, for fighter. I, I'm for fighter. Okay. I'm gonna go for fighter just because I think there's like a a weird sexism about women being healers, and maybe that's why I support. Yeah, hate um, fighter he, goes the healer to the roles. next round. So yeah. yeah, that's two votes. So like, yeah, comes down between Mario and a mushroom. Yeah, right? basically. <laughs> mushroom if, you is a cleric. Di- if you want to distill it down to its most base components, yeah. then yeah, yeah. That's and exactly Now it. we're to magic users. And so what's the benefit of playing a magic user? God, I don't even know. I've never been interested <laughs> in being a magic user because it just seems like too much to keep track of. Yeah, that's a lot to deal with of what spell slots you have available, like, what spells you know. Our sorcerer, Matt, like whenever he like says like, oh, I'm just going to bend luck on that roll or I'm going to use a sorcery point. I'm like, I don't even know what you're saying most of the time. And that, he enjoys that so much because you can just see the little machinations, the wheels turning as he's going, how can I split this spell to do the most damage? Yeah. I think magic users in the game really reflect a lot about 
the the person playing it because yeah. you know Matt is he's an accountant he's <laughs> he pays attention to details mm-hmm. and things like that and like so it really lends itself to playing a magic character and he plays a really good magic user in that he helps the rest of the party yeah. often when somebody plays something like a wizard it's all about them dealing the maximum amount of damage to whatever's around yeah. them they always want to be Gandalf yeah. and they just light everything on fire I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. With Matt, he'll cast haste, and I think he once cast haste at a higher level so he could cast it on two people at once. Yeah, he, I think he did it on both of us. Mm-hmm. And I so, yeah, you guys were it's a very just, yeah, easy all battle. ready to yeah. battle and getting that extra attack and that higher uh, armor class. So, yeah, um, Batchy Adventures on Taco, which is probably one of the uh, most popular wizards ever to grace D&D. Very colorful character. Justin would refer to himself as a superhero. Because of what he could accomplish <laughs> through spells. He's like, yeah. I'm essentially a superhero, so I'm wow. just going to cast this. And, of course, his catchphrase, Abraka fuck you. Yeah, Abraka fuck you. Was, <laughs> uh, I raise my wand and cast Abraka fuck you. <laughs> um, now, Matt is going to be here in spirit since he wasn't able to join us. Because he you, is in for the bard. The Bard, talk about versatile characters. The Bard's spellcasting comes through their musical capability or their ability to sing. So they're like minstrels. They'll play music and through that music shape reality and affect spells. Usually they're going to be illusion spells, sometimes healing spells. They can cure wounds. So if you don't have a cleric in your party, if you have a Bard, they can kind of double for that (laughs) a little bit. Bardic Inspiration is a great thing as they just kind of pat you on the back and go you're doing a great job and for the next like minute you can add their <laughs> extra die to whatever roll you need to roll they also have song of rest so during a short rest they'll play a nice tune that'll help everybody heal faster so again we have one of these characters that raises the whole party kind of much like a paladin does or you know that sort of character um they're skill monkeys They've got this thing called Jack of All Trades in which they get to add one half of their proficiency bonus to all skills. That's crazy! So Mm -hmm. at ninth level, you get plus four proficiency. They'd have plus two to all skills as if they were a fifth level character in all those skills. Hmm. (laughs) Wow. Pretty cool. Um, We already kind of mentioned how there's the College of Lore where a lot of it's more of the study of magic. They have... Fun ways of kind of cheating the system because there's this spell called Find Steed that a paladin has to wait around forever to get. I think they have to be fifth level before they can use it. Oh, yeah. Through the bard's knowledge of of magic and ability to get spells from other spell lists, they can get Find Steed, steed earlier than a paladin. Hmm. Which is kind of cool. <laughs> and it would not, piss off the paladin in your party. It's not just kind of cool. It's really cool. So yeah, have this loyal steed for your bard that you ride around <laughs> as a paladin would. And it's like, they have a telepathic link and stuff. I think in the right hands, a bard is a very fun character. Yes. I, I played yeah. a bard once, and I don't know if I totally like fully played the bard and... The way the barge. Oh, yeah, like, like their Spider Man type yeah. character. Yeah. I was a Spider Man type character. It was tough because it was an early on, because once they go up levels and you unlock some of those other spells, it's also spell selection too. Bards are the most romantic of the characters, and if you so we want to play like a, 
a very romantic kind of uh, lady or boy killer type character, whatever your interests may be. One thing that I kind of have been realizing, like when I was looking at D&D from before I started, it seemed like, okay, you create a character and you kill people, you fight people. But Mm -hmm. uh, role playing can be a lot more complex than that. You can have characters that are the comedy relief or you can explore... There's so many different aspects that you can explore in a character. I, I think you know, thinking about Matt, like he really adds a lot of humor to the game. Oh, yeah. He, you know, he's not <laughs> he's not always concerned with like killing the villain so much as like he's he he makes decisions that his character would make. And oh, he yeah. just really, you know, owns that point of view that he brings to the table. Yeah, Definitely. like we played that uh, one-off campaign, and I was a. I was a half-orc blood rager barbarian, uh-huh. and then Chris, you were what? A brawler. A brawler. Giant this was for cat yeah. Folk. He was cat folk, so he's like this <laughs> nine-foot cat. Nice. And this was for Pathfinder, so there were a few extra classes we could play, but we had a like gnome in our party. <laughs> God knows what he even was about because <laughs> <Yes>. like. <laughs> We would, like, it's like, oh, you're in front of the old ruins. Do you choose to investigate? And then we're, like, Chris and I are like, uh, yeah, like, we pull out our, like, I pull out my mace. Mm-hmm. He gets his claws out. Like, we're ready to go explore. And the gnome's like, I find a log and I sit outside. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was Casey. You know Casey? Oh, yeah. 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 So, yep. so it was interesting that, like, you know, that was the way he wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Was he just wanted to evade. And, like, he didn't even really want to go on the quest. And I'm like, this, this is what we're here to do for the next four hours, and you don't want to go? Like, come, you're coming on the quest. But, but you you would think that that character would be antithetical to playing D&D at all. Yeah. But it, it adds a certain level of, like, playfulness and... Well, it forces you to change your strategy. Mm-hmm. and things like that. So Yeah, there's a story I've heard of someone who created a glass blower. <laughs> And that's just what he wanted to do. He wanted to be in a small town and blow glass and then sell his wares to everybody around. And it's like, how are we going to do this epic adventure if you're in this town blowing glass? It's like, mm-hmm. just cut back to me every once in a while see how I'm doing. <laughs> Did they start a family yet? <laughs> It's like it's like like transplanting Sims. I was gonna say, I'm like the game he wanted to play was The Sims. Yep, it was not. It was not D and D. &D. No, he wanted to play a very different. This is very much an adventure based game. Oh, the other college for bards is the College of Valor, in which they do kind of go the fighter route, so they do get an extra attack eventually. I think at fifth level, they're able to wear heavier armor, and so they're. They're less about the pursuit of knowledge and more about the adventure and assisting their adventuring party. So that's Bard. I'm trying to think of anything else. I uh, just shout out to Cutting Words. Yeah. It's, that was one of my favorite spells to cast as a Bard because if the enemy had like just a couple of hit points left, I could effectively insult them to death. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that was, um, <laughs> that that's uh, Vicious fun. Mockery, which is a cantrip, which is one of my favorites. And it, if you go up higher enough level, you get 4 I 4 damage. <laughs> Four I four psychic damage to just insult somebody. They just break down crying, I, I give think, up. I think it was one of those viral Tumblr posts, but it was like, 
all the magical classes of D&D. So it was like warlock. Like, mm. I made an agreement with a higher power so I could have <laughs> magical powers. And then it's like sorcerer. It's like, I heard the divine calling of magic. And like wizard, it's like, I felt the power of the magic in my fingertips. <laughs> and then the bard is like, I was just making fun of someone and they died. <laughs> I sang a song and a unicorn appeared. I don't know. I guess I I have magical powers. And there was that episode of Adventures on Nights. Oh, yeah, which Lin Manuel Miranda Miranda played a bard. bard. It actually made up a rap for Bishop Mockery (laughs) on the spot because he's. Lynn fucking Manuel Miranda, and he can do that kind and of stuff. Since we're Max Fun donors, yeah, yeah. I've got that available. So yeah, it's pretty it's cool. The special content that mm, only the donors yeah. get, and it was so. just—he had never played D and D before, and so it was just like, well, they started out having never played D and D before either. So you know, and it turned into this massive. He had the, the greatest D and D campaign ever played. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal, unreal. Counter charm is a great one too, and when somebody's trying to charm you, you can uh, reverse it on them. So yeah, uh, bards are very cool. Uh, next, sorcerer. We all know about sorcerer because we were mm-hmm. just talking about how Matt as Mister Need, he's based on Mister Bean. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Which works so well. Two types of sorcerers. There's draconic ancestry, in which they have uh, some ancestor is a dragon and that draconic energy passes through their bloodline and in our campaign they're pretty much limited to humans except for one instance where it was a human tiefling hybrid and he was he had the sorcerer trait Hmm. and he's like your big bad guy that (laughs) (laughs) sent you out in the middle of the desert (laughs) we'll get him back for that so what's um, his name again? It's Vincent? Vincent de Winter, I think. Dick. The draconic sorcerers have somewhat scaly skin. It's really subtle. You have to be kind of up close, and so they have this natural armor to them, which Get is kind of cool. Get yourself some Cetaphil, yeah. Yeah, that's, 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 <laughs> dude, moisturize. Get some Aveeno or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it works for Jennifer gone. Aniston, it works for. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm just being mean because these are big bad. Sorcerers of all the magic users have innate uh, magical ability. It's not something they've learned. It's something they were born with. Uh, the other version is what our Mr. Neeb is, and he is a sorcerer of wild magic in which they've encountered something magical that's left them with magical abilities. In Mr. Neeb's backstory, he touched the very essence of creation of chaotic magic itself basically the very same magic that created the material plane is coursing through his body how in the hell did he come across that just so he's a power ranger yeah Yeah, essentially he's a power ranger except he doesn't need like one of those little (laughs) stone things in order to you know so yeah he's got this celestial wild magic coursing through him which Every once in a while, on like a one on a d20, if he casts a spell first level or higher, some wild magic event happens. And one of the funniest is when he turned into a houseplant. Yes. You guys were sneaking into a brothel to take out these uh, cultists. (laughs) And uh, he cast this spell and boom, one houseplant. And then you guys had to... We had to carry him. Carry him outside and wait for this 
the effect to wear off. I mean, I appreciate that as an origin for his magical powers more. Because, like, I feel like there'd be a certain level of entitlement of a sorcerer that was like, I don't know, I was just born this way. Uh, yep. and yeah. I just... I'm just so powerful. Of course, it's through my vein. Like I just feel like stop. <laughs> and there's we always get it. that look, like when he casts something, is like, is this the time? I'm gonna blow myself up because <laughs> there's a possibility he could cast fireball on himself or something. Yeah, I like that Matt plays the disabilities of the character. Oh yeah, right? mm-hmm. like there's fun in your flaws. Mm-hmm. Well, the fact that. When he was taken to the celestial realm, he was a child. And when he returned, he was a fully grown man, like in his Whoops. 40s. And so he has this childlike mind and this childlike demeanor and this childlike interest in things. Mm. And, and yet he's this super powerful sorcerer who can do this thing sorcerers have called metamagic, in which he can spend sorcery points to be able to like split his spells or hasten his spells. Or if there's a spell that would require some verbal component, he can cast it silently. Mm. So... There's little nifty ways, and like bending luck is another thing that comes with the wild magic. Is like, okay, I, they missed, so I'm going to use my bend magic to add one day ten to whatever you rolled. <laughs> well, and it's interesting with Matt's character, because when you heard what he wanted to do, you were a bit trepidatious. Well, it was tough, because if he wants to play like a Mr. Bean character... Yeah, but he does it so perfectly... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he is so good in his choices that it just, it works. Mm-hmm. It, it just freaking works. And I don't know <laughs> that anyone else could have done the same thing and made it successful our, and made it part of our party. Yeah. Our whole party has this weird chemistry that, like, doesn't seem like they should all <laughs> fit together. Like, calling them, like, a ragtag team doesn't even fully cover, like, exactly. why these people exist together, but it just works Yeah, so well. and... We've touched upon that, like, we're possibly the next age of heroes or legends, and that it's destiny that's brought us together, and we're all kind of resistant to that. I guess it's something. (laughs) No, destiny does not shape, you know, my will. It's like, this is just something I've pursued individually. Yeah, my character's a chaotic neutral, so anytime it's like, well, this was fated, she's like, really? (laughs) I just was like making it going, like making it up as I was going along. (laughs) This is not intentional at (laughs) all. And that was so funny, that time when, did did you find the slippers or did the slippers find you? And the look on your face was like, what? Excuse me. (laughs) I was snooping and happened to find something cool. Or were you drawn to them inexplicably? Uh, Which is funny. My brain. Good times. Good times. Yeah, so that's the sorcerer in a nutshell. They have cool abilities. They don't get like a spell book as a wizard might. They learn spells as they go and they can swap out spells anytime, which is kind of funny when... Matt might take a spell that might have been useful and decide to swap it for something else, not knowing what's going to come. It's <laughs> like, I have like, this oh. useful spell that I'm going to select for something else. Wizards. Uh, this is pretty much your straight-up magic user. Very similar to the, how the cleric can take a domain. Wizards pick a particular school of magic, like necromancy, if you want to go that route. Abjuration, which is kind of like protection spells, shields, and that sort of thing. 
divination if you want to be able to uh, see the future or have like arcane eyes and spy on people and that sort of thing. Conjuration's kind of cool. You can just create things out of nothing. Do you know when D and D first started? Uh-huh. Did they did they have fewer classes? Oh uh, they... yeah, they had very few. I actually played a variation. I think of either the first or second edition in which there was i think fighter ranger assassin mm. cleric rogue and i and was did i say wizard because wizard no, would surely didn't. be one of them yeah now the first ever time i played D, which was probably in the early 80s i was about 10 years old i'm thinking yeah i played a wizard what was given to me to play and i was descending some stairs and my DM had me roll like a little dexterity check and I failed. And this being the 80s, it said, oh, your wizard's gay because, you know, instead of saying lame, you know, because that's that's the 80s. And I guess I was a woke little eight to 10 year old or whatever. It's like, okay, my wizard likes other men. That's cool. (laughs) And I just kind of incorporated that into his character. I'm learning so much about him. Okay, he's a gay wizard. So, um, is this Bill? Oh, no, this is way before Bill. Okay. I, um, I didn't know how far this is like, Bill went. This is when I was still in elementary school, I think. I think I was in fifth or sixth grade. Bill is one of those people that every story I hear about, and I'm like, and why did you hang out with him? Because he's a total douchebag. There's nothing better to do. We had no internet. Um, <laughs> school of Enchantment, so charming people like hypnotic gays is something they get. Uh, school of Evocation. You can make gaze hypnotic? Yeah. So- Fireballs, that sort of thing. Illusion. Transmutation, which your uh, dwarf, Froderick, is a, is the school of transmutation, which is why he's all into trading magical items. Froderick Frankenstein? Yep. <laughs> it's like the uh, transmuter stone he gave uh, Mr. Neeb, because uh, Neeb's a human and doesn't have dark vision. Hmm. And this stone gives him permanent dark vision as long as the uh, stone is on his person wizards yeah they get certain benefits from the school like uh, if they chose a specific school whenever they come across spells to add to their spell book because that's how they do the, do their spell casting is they'll either create the spells themselves or they'll find things in a scroll and they'll put it in their spell book so they have an unlimited number of spells they oh. could actually have depending on what they can put in their spell book as long as it's on the wizard's spell list which is the biggest most comprehensive so if you want spells the wizard's the way to do it and uh, yeah it's half cost for anything that's within their school mm. and uh, they have that natural recovery thing that the uh, the druid has so if they take a short rest they recover a certain amount of spells equal to half their level so if they're i, I think up to fifth level they can't regain anything higher than a fifth level spell slot mm. so yeah if you're 20th level you can get 10 levels of spells recovered in a short rest good grief not a whole lot of hit points not a whole lot of combat abilities kind of really weak early on so you need some uh, meat in front of them if you're gonna go adventure it's amazing uh, mr neeb hasn't really been killed <laughs> <I know. laughs> he hasn't fallen yet 
Um, he does have that shield spell, which is kind of nice, that plus five to his armor class. And he also has the uh, the cloak of displacement, so there's disadvantage to attack him. He also does the mirror image thing, so there's four versions of him that they have to attempt to hit. <laughs> so he does have some defensive things, but yeah, as far as defenses go, typically wizards don't have that much available to them. They could learn to use armor. That's the thing about playing like a dwarven wizard is you start being a dwarf, I think you get medium armor just as a dwarf. And so you could be a dwarven wizard and be able to cast an armor, which is nice. Trying to think of what else to say about wizards other than their arcane traditions, their spell improvement. That's pretty much it. It's pretty straightforward. They just learn a whole bunch of spells. Hmm. Uh, so that's your magic users. Anything stand out there? Bard, sorcerer, wizard. I mean, really, wizard... <laughs> I mean, I have no skin in this game, so I'm going to vote for a bard, because they're fun. Okay, Matt's way behind the bard as well. <laughs> I'm with the bard. Yeah, I think the bard has it. Yes. Hey, <laughs> <So>, Chris. <laughs> bards do learn a lot of spells, probably not as many as is available to a wizard, but yeah, they do. They're a spellcasting group. Now, they can insult someone to death. They How could. can you beat I mean, that? And I think the common thread we have going here is that the, each one we've picked out of the categories so far are some of the most versatile. Yeah. Yeah, I've got that. The ranger, the fighter, the bard are what's been selected so far. And even the ranger can cast heal spells, which mm -hmm. is kind of nice. Like Cure Wounds is one of the spells available to him. So our last category, Outsiders. These are ones that don't quite fit in with anybody else, and they tend to be more city-oriented, other than, like, the Bard is definitely one that could fit in the city. These classes have very unique abilities, unlike any other group. Uh, they consist of the Monk, the Rogue, and the Warlock. And you, there's something kind of odd, <laughs> different, outsider-y of the three classes under this group. I don't know if there's much to say about playing like an outsider class because they're united just in that they're different. <laughs> and so they're very different from one another as well. There's not really much uniting them other than really unique abilities. And so we'll start with the monk. Now, interesting thing about the monk in 5th edition is that they've added this kind of last airbender avatar kind of <laughs> class to it through the popularity of it. So you yeah. could use elements to cast spell effects and that sort of thing using your chi or key. So you hit, as a monk, you develop a number of key points as you increase in level up to 20 at 20th level that you can spend on certain effects. And so if you're a monk of the four elements... Which I really thought about doing. Yeah, that's a pretty cool thing, too. That's what your Dragonborn is on the ship, is a monk of the four elements, mm. focusing mostly on uh, ice and wind-type features because it's a silver dragon. Uh, monks are known for unarmed fighting. This is your martial artist character. They also get this unarmored defense thing, very similar to the Barbarian, only it's their dexterity and their wisdom rather than their dexterity and their constitution. So they kind of have this priestly thing going to them for them as well, though not straight up spell casting, though they can have spell-like effects. So you have your Monk of the Open Hand, which is your straight up martial artist. You have your Monk of the Shadow, which is your ninja, if you want to play a ninja-type character. Ninja. ninja! And then your uh, Monk of the Four Elements. Very odd features that collect after a while and so on your character sheet you just have all these weird things it's weird enough being a fighter with all your different features or a rogue 
but we're talking about uh, unarmed defense, martial arts, so they can do damage unarmed. They get key unarmored movement, so if they're not wearing armor, they can move additional 10 to 30 feet per round. So they can double their uh, speed at 20th level if they're not wearing armor. Uh, Deflect missiles, which is a great ability. So when you fire an arrow at them, they can uh, deflect it by rolling, I think it's like their level plus a d8, I think, Mm. for the reduction of the damage to whatever missile. And if it comes to zero, they can spend a key point to catch the arrow. (laughs) Now, who had that in the attenders? That was um, our Black Panther type character called Black Dragon. Right, Mm. right, right. Um, I knew we had one. I just couldn't remember. Slow fall. So they can uh, slow the amount of damage or reduce the amount of damage they take from a fall. Extra attack, stunning strike, key empowered strike. So... All their unarmed attacks count as magical attacks for resistances. So mm. anything they fight, it'll affect them like a magic weapon. I kind of wish I knew about the monks when I was creating <laughs> my characters. Monk, cool. Monks are pretty cool. Yeah, I get tempted to play a monk each time, too. I was thinking if we ever do a campaign after this one, I might do something that's uh, more Asian-flavored. Because mm. I have a neat idea of playing like a Yakuza that is also a rat spirit. Whoa. Sort of in an Inuyasha kind of way. Ah, ooh. <laughs> so it's this gambler that can, like, it'd be a, a rogue druid, so you'd have the wild shape and be able to turn into a rat. Mm. That's crazy. <laughs> a rogue druid. Wow. That sounds really cool. So, yeah, and then you could play, like, the avatar type character or a oh. ninja or a samurai. Dream come and, true. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if we ever get around to that, that might be a campaign to run. And something that's less, like, center like spotlighted on your team you'd be more like background characters to things <laughs> going on like maybe a major civil war is going on and you guys are caught between evasion stillness of mind it goes on and on purity of body uh, tongue of the sun and the moon so i think you can speak any language uh, timeless body yeah you cease to age yeah uh monks wow. are pretty cool and yeah the the monks of the shadow they get additional features like being able to shadow step which means they can teleport from one shadow to another Neat. <laughs> we had someone like that. Yeah, it was one of the Tinder's Adventures. Yeah, yep. and it was that woman and, well, it was two women, I think. And yeah, it was mother based and daughter. on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And you Master guys had student. some, some yeah. ninja that you had to fight. I love that you just kind of loosely based those adventures on <laughs> it was movies, so and then we'd have to guess what movie. <laughs> it's like, okay, what action movie or what <laughs> adventure movie or horror movie am I going to select from? Oh, and so sometimes funny. I would get it right away, and sometimes I'd be like, I don't know. It's like the, the one that took place on the island that was based on the wicker man yeah and once you when she said that i'm like oh <laughs> and the one that you based on lethal weapon that i saw once and hated yep. anyways but i'm just like <laughs> sorry guys i hated lethal weapon i'm so sorry okay that's monk actually um, i'm not sorry um because it's just my opinion and it doesn't yeah. mean that people who like it are terrible it just yeah, means i hate like it, it. Yeah. fair enough oh oh yeah anything else to say about monk or the monk. No, cool. but they sound wicked awesome. Yeah, yeah they're I'd, really cool. I'd be interested to play one sometime. Yeah, and it, you could have three monks playing as the three different types. Let's get a monk cool. team together. Monk party. Yeah. yeah. Monk party. And then, then we'll just have the show Monk playing monk. on the background. <laughs> have some monkfish to eat on the side. <laughs> um, Too far. Here we go. The rogue. Oh. One of the classic characters. 
a uh, a thief. It could also be an assassin. There's another one called an arcane trickster where you have, like the Eldritch Knight, a very limited kind of spell progression. Again, you'd maximize at a fourth level spell and you could learn up to 13 spells, most of them being illusion based. What's really cool about the arcane trickster is that you'd have an invisible mage hand. So it could use your mage hand to do pickpockets and thestals and stuff, and yet it'd be invisible to the eye. So. Wow. Yeah, rogues are your sneaky types, and they're very criminal-based. So yeah, your pick locks, your fine traps, your disarm traps. I just love a rogue climb. character. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're Especially like a fun to play. yeah rogue with a heart of gold kind of thing is always mm-hmm. fun. And often the uh, comedic relief kind of character as well. If you think of Lady Hawk and was it was Broderick in that as the Yeah. As the rogue character that, that in that? That was Broderick. Yeah. So yeah, often the rogue in your uh, stories is really a fun one that's one you can really get behind. Uh, often a very city-based character and also good for dungeon crawling. Again, very much like the bard, kind of a skill monkey, they start with a thing called expertise, in which they can add, I believe it's half their proficiency, no, they double their proficiency bonus on two skills. And so if you wanted to be like a con person, you could do deception. Mm. If you wanted to be a pickpocket, you could do sleight of hand. Mm. You know, and you get to pick two of your skills to be able to do that. Uh, cunning action's nice, where you can disengage in combat without, you know, having an opportunity to attack. Or you can hide. <laughs> you act and then hide. And so you being multi-class between a fighter and a rogue, you can combine those elements. It is and so, so you, useful. You do these uh, hit and run attacks. <laughs> so run out, hit them, run off, and then, you know, hide. Uncanny dodge. Because you only have, what, the two levels of rogue? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you have the sneak attack. and can't forget the sneak attack. That's like the rogue's major thing. Which at 20th level goes up to 10 die 6 damage. Ooh. What? So, wow. Start stocking up on those excited. Uh, yes. <laughs> Backstab is uh, quite a thing. So yeah, if you were to like go all in and be in a rogue with with a good stealth ability, yeah, you can do some major damage. Yeah. And the assassin, I think, even adds more to that by having critical attacks on people that haven't acted in the wet round yet. Later on, you get to take expertise again, like at six levels. So you get to double your proficiency bonus in two other skills. And yeah, a blind sense, so you can see in the dark. And slippery mind, so I guess charm spells are less effective on you. <laughs> yeah, there's very cool things that come with the rogue. And it's all about being slippery and being able to escape detection. Which comes in handy. It does come in handy, and the the bonuses to your deception has helped out a lot, too. Absolutely. You can lie your way into places. It's like, what are you guys doing here? Oh, just surveying. Uh, One of my favorite moments is still when we were hiding, and there was like this group of bandits upriver and i just kept shouting like come down here one at a time (laughs) i was super early on it's like hey can you guys assist me over here just just one of you just one of you and then we kick them off and we'd be like we need just one more person down here (laughs) picked off like half the the bandits that way so funny so funny, and they kept falling in. It's like, geez, how many do you think are left? I don't know. Let's find out. Then you guys went in and find like three people around the campfire. It was awesome. Yeah, very satisfying. Kind of yes. Looking at the sundial. Where are they all 
guy's gonna return. Mm. <laughs> He's been gone a long time. <laughs> yeah, rogues are really fun, and if you have kind of a fun person playing it, yeah, you can be kind of a dickish with person with the rogue too, because you could be pickpocketing from your own party and like you can steal tiny figurines items. from orphaned children. That was so funny. It'll haunt you forever. That was me covering my own ass for looking on the wrong treasure thing for rolling treasure for those guys. I like rolled for way too expensive of a house for what treasure they had. It's like okay, this is out of the ordinary that they'd have this item worth 500 gold pieces in their home. I bet they stole it too. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but now we have like close to 30 grand in our kitty. Yeah. It's like, we're fine. Yeah, that's a rogue. Anything else to say regarding them? I, I know when I play, I'd often enjoy playing a rogue. Is there something about being the sneaky one? And I I always liked charismatic characters, which is kind of different about playing Long Shadow where he's not as charismatic. He doesn't speak much. In that uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, like one, I was the kind of a charming psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, describes Dave in real life. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm just so kidding. He's I'd not charming. Work through <laughs> like, intimidation and deception, just anything. I just lie my way through things most of the time or intimidate or... Convince people. I think typically in like pop culture, like I'm really drawn to the rogues. Like they oh, yeah. just have the best personality, the both the most unique characters. And... Yeah, they're often the most realistic. Their mental view, you know, their their point of view mm-hmm. is yeah, like, grounded. Like I think of like a Black Widow type character. Yeah, like very roguish. You know, like a Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. very roguish. And yeah, if you have a spy background, like, and then take that the rogue thing, which which is what our, uh, what is it, our Black Widow, Brown Recluse, yep, our Tinder's version. I did that. I made her a spy, halfling, rogue, assassin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she had all those stacked, which made her an interesting character. Especially being a halfling, Lightfoot halfling, where you can hide behind larger critters <laughs> than you. So that, that backstab would be like instantaneous, because you just hide behind somebody. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's rogue. Now warlock. This is Grimlock's character. Warlock took me a while to wrap my brain around because the system of magic using is different than anything else. Mm -hmm. Warlocks, as they go up levels, cast all spells at the same level. So let's say at 7th level, all spells are at 4th level. So if they cast a 1st level spell, you bump up whatever it does, if it does anything, because some spells... They don't really have anything additional per spell beyond. Like, I think maybe, was it uh, Without a Trace one? Pass Without Trace. Pass Without Trace. I don't think that has anything additional past a certain level. I think it's just a straight, you get a plus 10 to your stealth roll. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. For, you know, your party. While, you know, other things like your cure wounds, not that warlocks can cure wounds, but um, mostly it's damage stuff, like anything fire damage. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you're adding additional dice per level because you want to get that fourth level spell slot. (laughs) The problem is that they top off at fifth level. This is a weird thing, is that the actual warlock spell list goes up to ninth level, but their spells they can select goes up to fifth, and I think that has to do with their invocations. Because every once in a while, they get from this pact they have with this demigod or whatever other entity. You know, that's where they get their source of magic is through this this pact. They're essentially witches. 
You're playing a witch that's made like a deal with a devil or Cthulhu or some other hey, thing. Hey, 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 hey! Not all witches have made a pact with fae. the devil. Yeah, <laughs> one of my favorites unfair. is the archfey. It's really cool. It's like uh, making a deal with the green man or green lady. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like a version of doing the druid thing, but kind of in a weird, evil way where mm. you're or made a pact with this weird nature demon or you could be like me and piss off all of your uh... <laughs> that is the coolest thing ever is how quickly you manage to piss off the lords and ladies of hell i think three of them oops within maybe or was there his... four? it's four kind of because he's working with uh, long shadow and his right. arch enemy is thane which is one of the lords of hell so michael Flynn. directly pissed off three and indirectly pissed off a fourth yeah. so great impressive awesome um, very impressive. Cool. Making enemies. You're, you're making waves, that's for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, It'll give us something to do when we're uh, 20th level characters. Oh, yeah. So, but I think it's time we go into hell, guys. Yeah. yeah. It's, hey, it might happen. Again, their spells come directly from the deity they make this pact with, which was kind of funny when you did piss off Tamoria that much <laughs> that she cut you off. It's like, oh, I can't use magic now. <laughs> Oops. But I use the sword I've never touched. <laughs> yeah, let's say you have a good DM like Dave who's yep. going to take yeah. care of you. It's like, because you could have put that in that pocket dimension and it wouldn't have been available to you because you wouldn't be able to call on it because you wouldn't have that invocation. Ooh. So yeah, invocations allow additional spell effects and some of them are really cool like you could cast a spell without using a spell slot like your mask of many faces where you can cast disguise self anytime you want i think it's like a first or second level spell and so it's available to you always you always have mage armor active so you get a plus three to your armor class all the time which is also really cool. So warlocks are really intriguing, and I'd be tempted to play a warlock as well. It's it's a super fun character to play. It's exactly the type of character that I, I well, wanted. you say that because when you started playing, we didn't we accelerate him up to what fourth level? Yeah, I think fifth level. We, we it started? was fifth level. Yeah, because we were all fifth level. Yeah, and so like I'm sure if you would have had to play those first few levels of warlock, you probably would have. Hated it. <laughs> <laughs> they have what two cantrips two spells known one spell slot at first level and no invocations yeah so you would have just been it would have been hurting out <laughs> however i think yeah you wouldn't have any invocations and i don't you wouldn't even have made your pact yet because your yeah. pact boon your first pact boon doesn't come until third level oh you do get pact magic though Okay, so other will be less. He's a fun character. You, you like yep. your character. I like lighting like things on fire. Yeah, and and you're good at it. <laughs> yeah, very good at it. And if you have, you know, if you don't like the patrons, that's the word I'm looking for, which is the ones you make pacts with. Uh, there's others available through like Unearthed Arcana or some of the homebrew stuff people created. Even the Raven Queen. There's warlocks of the Raven Queen. Whoa! And she allows them certain abilities she wouldn't allow others. Yeah, warlocks are super cool. Mm. It did take me a long time to nail down exactly how magic works with them. And multi-class gets really confusing because there's, you know, what if you're a cleric warlock? I mean, how do you combine those two ways of spellcasting where one's always at this spell slot and the other one you can vary? It's a bit odd. So, yeah, outsiders. We have the monk, the rogue, the warlock. Another difficult choice, I think. I think this is the hardest one. This is hard. 
Because they're all kind of cool, and they all have their <sighs> own unique abilities, depending on... I think a lot of this depends on what kind of campaign you're running. If, and Absolutely. if you're running something like a horror game, a warlock would be very interesting. Well, if you're doing something more Asian-inspired, a monk is definitely something. A rogue is good for a city-based yeah, campaign. And, you know, kind of going off on a tangent, it would be fun to play just a horror-based campaign... Yeah. It would be fun. Some sort of Monster Hunter there's, campaign, I think, would be really fun. There's a set called Ravenloft. Mm. That is all that. It's all vampires and werewolves yes. and that sort so of thing. Fun. It's a very popular, um, I think it's 3rd edition or Pathfinder or something like that that mm. it's connected to. But yeah, 5th uh, edition is pretty new and they're still releasing material. I wouldn't be too surprised if they came up with a Ravenloft for the 5th edition. The horror would be an interesting thing to do. We've touched on that a little bit because Long Shadows deals so much with the undead that mm-hmm. we've encountered a lot of undead. I'm going to go ahead and vote for Rogue because that's my home turf. So one I feel really comfortable rogue. playing a Rogue, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for Rogue this time around. Okay, how about you, Chris? You... Still in the warlock camp? <laughs> I mean, you know, I think, uh, I think, I think actually rogues, uh, you know, hitting that versatility, like yeah, there uh, we go, versatile again. So yeah, that would win. So and I would have voted rogue as well. Yep, so, it would have been unanimous. Yeah, unanimous so. vote for rogue. So really, we have a very classic number of. I mean, if this winners. was a party, I'd feel pretty good about this as a party, right? Yep. <laughs> So yeah, we have the ranger, the bard, the fighter, the rogue. So we have kind of one definite magic user, one kind of versatile fighter magic user, straight up fighter, and then we have a skill monkey in the rogue. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a good, solid team right there. <laughs> the question is, which of those four would be the best overall to play? Uh, there can be only one, just like the uh, Highlander. Should we start with voting them out? Who would you not need in that party? So are we imagining that this this person is doing a campaign by themselves? Okay, we can say that yeah if because but that might rule out something like the fighter that can't heal mm-hmm. and also yeah. the rogue that might not be able to heal well, though is... i guess if you would played a tr- arcane trickster you might be able to get healing spells really the lesson in all this is that they exist as a party for yep. a reason because yeah. you need a team of skills and that's another thing is if you assume that you're playing a solo game but what about if you're playing in a party? Who promotes the party most? Who supports That's true. the party most? Because honestly, a rogue sometimes is not conducive to the rest of the party. Well, well, when you walk up to a locked door, yes, tell exactly. me how, what you're gonna do well, about but, it. Yeah. But you know, if you're if you're the type of rogue that's like stealing possessions from yeah. the party, sure. Yeah. A rogue's skills can be very useful, especially the uh, pick locks, the disarm traps. You know, that sleight of hand. They can be extraordinary. But I mean, a, a ranger is also a really important part of the party <laughs> because you can't just have like the hack and slash, like hand to hand combat. Well, also, if you're in the wilderness and need to survive, a ranger is going to get you there because mm-hmm. they're going to have those survival traits unless you custom make your fighter to basically be a ranger, <laughs> which you can do. I yeah. mean, a ranger can have ranged attacks. And so could a they fighter can, if you specialize they could in bows. find their way through the forest, but True. they also have a 
the capability of a healing spell. Right. And they can use all martial weapons. Right. So if we're going for the most versatile, it may be a ranger. Ooh. So are you voting ranger out of that I'm, four? I'm throwing it down on a ranger. Okay. Sorry, bard and rogue. <laughs> How about you, Brandy? What do you think? You already know my vote. Are you going ranger too? Of course. <laughs> How, how are you with that? Yeah, you gonna I put think, up a fight? I think Rangers the Rangers the, the clear choice. I think we had a really long discussion when we were talking about the Ranger and how cool they are. That I'm yeah. not too terribly surprised that the best character class to play in Dungeons and Dragons would be a Ranger. For the record, I did say that uh, like three weeks ago when yep. you decided to have. <laughs> so what, people of the world? <laughs> world when choosing a D class there's really only one way to go but I, I mean it would be interesting if there was a party that was just all rangers yeah all with different favored enemies and different favored lands yes and you've got one and you trade off who's the healer so that nobody gets bored it's like okay oh we're in a desert that's you okay yeah. Great. and they could all be like different kind of Oh my gosh, some sort of like species, a, races. Some sort of A team. Yep. <laughs> I love it when the plan comes B.A. Brackus type character. Yeah. I'm oh, not yeah. going in the air. No way. Oh gosh. <laughs> I have to drug me. Oh my goodness. The insane one. He's always stealing the vehicles. Oh, yeah. Good times. Good, Good times. times. Yeah, so the best overall D&D character to play is the Ranger. Whew. I'm glad we did. And answered. I'm glad we did that with uh, the classes and not the races, because it would just be racist. We could go over alignments, and we could go over races, and I'm like, no, we're not doing races. We're not. But human, elf, dwarf, no, uh, half nope, wing, no, nope, no, half orc, no, 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 racist. <laughs> and also the alignment too, like. I, you need a, you need different alignments for different things. Yeah, so. moral philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though I don't think we'd pick the best. We'd probably just have a loose discussion of them. Yeah, that's true. Alignments fair. and how they apply to moral philosophy. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. You yeah. want to mention again where you you can be found on the interwebs if you wish to be found? Yeah, you can find me at Chelsea Mackey Creative. That's M A K I there in the middle chelseamackeycreative.com and i do freelance graphic design work and other things cool and i'm hat robot uh hat as in goes on your head <laughs> robot as in mechanical man hat robot one word nice. find me. sweet all right well thank you guys for joining us in this rip extra off of we got long this. episode <laughs> about <laughs> dungeons and dragons it's been tons of fun and lots of little stories about our adventurers and mm-hmm. adventures so, yeah. how about you, Brandy? You want to say where you being found? Everybody already knows. Oh, for heaven's sake, it's our podcast. Well, how about Trek <laughs> FM? Obviously, do you know need where to, to find us. want to promote any Trek FM stuff? Well, if you want to know how I felt about Infinity War, you can go listen to episode 180 of the 602 Club on Trek FM Network. Well, there you go. So, if you haven't seen the movie, don't listen to it, because spoilerific. And you all know me, though... Uh, there's some changes to the Dark Corner podcast. We're getting our own subdomain. This is likely going to be the first episode to appear new on. I thought you were going to say nude. Yes. Nude. Uh, full frontal, everything. <laughs> on darkcornerpodcast.com. So we get our own little domain. Yay. Yay. I thought it was the Dark Corner Podcast. No, nope. it's just, just dark, dark Corner. corner I thought it was more pithy to drop off the. the... Oh, I see. We're being pithy. I yep. see. Darkcornerpodcast.com. Got it. 
is where you'll be able to find us. And the next episode will be the World Goth Day special. I'm doing another music special. It's going to be a big one. It's going to kind of push my uh, DJ skills a little bit because it's going to be about an hour and a half of music <laughs> all cramped nice. into a, uh, a show. And it's going to be a big power block. So you'll get about eight tracks back to back to back to back. So going to have a little bit of blending of them. And so it'll be interesting. I'll discuss that more when the episode airs in about two weeks from now. Is it really that close? I guess it is. Yeah. Yeah. Since we're still uh, a bi-weekly. How did it get to be May? Oh, it's... I try not to think about it. (laughs) I do too. I wish actually that it was like June or July so my job would stop being horrible. But that will come eventually. And <laughs> silence. I, 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 I was I nodding my head. And I silence nodding. that's not going to get picked up because I truncate silence. Ha ha ha. All right. You guys want to end there and then I'll end on the dark track of the week later. What do you think? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, bye. 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 Now, wasn't that wonderful, to borrow a phrase from Jim Moon? Yeah, that was quite a discussion with Chris and Chelsea regarding Dungeons & Dragons. You might have picked up on a little bit of an echo towards the tail end. It's because we were recording on two different devices that I finagled together using a little bit of tempo adjustment magic, but couldn't quite get it spot on, so got it close enough. Anyhow, here I am, DJ Evil Dave. About to close out this episode with the Dark Track, which comes from Sebastian Komor, who is a Polish-born citizen of Norway and was one of the founders of Icon of Coil, which also featured Andy Laplegua, difficult name for me to say, of Combat Christ and, I believe, Panzer Og, I think he's also in. Uh, Icon of Coil kind of be in the more tongue-in-cheek, fun versions of those bands kind of ebm which of course you'd expect off of the alpha matrix label this is an instrumental i don't typically play instrumentals but this one was fitting as it's called dragon's lair and it combines some cinematic elements some classical touches with some heavy electronics for something that would be fitting in a video game, I think, or even in a movie that wasn't afraid to have a more electronic soundtrack. I know a lot of classic fantasy films didn't shy away from a synth score, and you get a lot of that in prog rock. So this is kind of like a progressive version of EBM, which is kind of intriguing. So yeah, this is Sebastian Comor with the song Dragon's Lair. And as I said earlier, I'll be back with the full-on music special, probably the most ambitious music special I've done to date. So that's in about two weeks' time. So until then, take care. This is Dragon's Lair by Sebastian Comor.